Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? You know where we are right now? No, where? Sweet home Chicago Steve. <laughs> All right, let's get right to it. This is the E-Malls. Uh, actually had this one as a holdover from last time, and I didn't get around to reading it but i forgot this was a particular one that i wanted to read but i just i forgot about it but i, re- I wish i had read this one let me ask you a question real quick yeah did you forget about that one back then i did yeah and, and, but you wish you would have done it yeah okay i'm not getting it you didn't nothing you just took a long time to say that same thing i just said yeah okay <laughs> all right uh anyway uh this is from darius davis and big bold black letters andy should have said nigga Yo, what's good, Kings? I've been sitting with this thought for months, but didn't think I could articulate it through an email and make it funny. Andy, do you remember when you said some guys don't like big thighs and big asses? LOL. Aries responded with, show me them niggas. Andy then responds with, you know those dudes. How could you drop the ball so badly, Unc? The timing was perfect. The conversation should have went like this. And he writes, Andy, dude, some guys don't like big thighs and asses, big asses. Aries, show me them niggas. And then he writes, Andy, you know them niggas. Man, that shit would have been hilarious. Now, before I finish reading this, uh, you know I got to stop to look at Andy's face on that. And, of course, he's smiling, yeah. but he's not laughing. Uh, but let me finish. Um, it's funny. It's very funny. It is but, but, very but before we get funny. into yeah, it, go ahead. Lastly, what if y'all had a Spears and Steinberg family feud style show with all the listeners as guests? I could see it now. My nigga Mookie would hit the buzzer and yell out, and that's how I get pussy. Survey says, laugh out loud. Cole Soul would hit the buzzer seven seconds too late, but since we all fam, we'd give him a chance anyway. The host would ask how much money is too much. He'd whisper ten dollar a lot of money. With that slow breath tremble at the end, 
LMAAO. Farah and Shamor would face off in a bitch badge round, and AB would arrest Andy for <clears throat> for outstanding felony warrant from 1989. <laughs> Laugh my ass off. I know this is a little long. Stay up, Kings. Peace. The the warrant might be out there. The warrant might be out there. Uh, I agree with him wholeheartedly. I know you do. And and if you would have said it in that rhythm in which I know the rhythm and the cadence of how it was said, show me them niggas. You know them niggas. Comedically, very funny. Comedically, so you admit that. Yeah, wholeheartedly. It would have been funny. Right. But as we, uh, you know, this is the perfect time. I'm glad you didn't read this last week. I'm Uh glad you read it this week. Okay. As you were watching this uh, dude from uh, uh, Jeopardy. Mm Mm-hmm. And he made some comments where he was trying to be funny on the podcast. I don't know how funny it was because I didn't listen to the podcast. But the attempt was made to be funny with his 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 crew that he was doing this podcast right. with. Now, granted, it was probably all white guys because I know the dude's white. And it was right. probably all white guys. But just because I'm sitting next to a black dude doesn't give me a pass. And when, as, as t- times are today, this is a podcast and... Like I'm like we you said this and I'm agreeing with you and I need to change a few things right now but okay in the uh, in the comedy club that's our dojo right we should be able to do anything you paid to come see what we do there right so if you don't like it and you paid for it ask for your money back or don't pay to go back there again that's not our fault you paid to come see what we do right on the podcast it's open form anybody can jump into it and hear it. And that's how that dude from Jeopardy lost his his job before he even got his job. Right. That's how uh, some people, uh, other people have lost their jobs because of saying things on podcasts. Now, I'm not saying I'm worried about my job because I'm not. I don't really think I'm going to get a job. But I know where you're going. I know what you mean. But you have to be respectful of the situation that's that's also taking place. And I don't need to end a career before I even start a career. Like One, if somebody were to jump in that didn't know you and didn't understand the context in which you're coming from or the relationship or the chemistry or what we're about that could be or or even know knows that because they listen to multiple episodes right. but uses that one clip just to fucking end it well that's a malicious motherfucker and that's, just- but that's happening to people we know that so it, again it's not just that and here's the other thing and this is the other one that's really uh that stays in the back of my mind Comedically, sitting next to Aries, I know 100%. I could say it if the timing's right, everything was right, and it would be funny. We would laugh. Ha-ha. Everything would be good. The problem is I don't know who's listening to our podcast. The people who come to our show, I know who they are. They know us. They came to see us. I Eric always- Venable, big shout-out. Eric Venable, we here in Chicago. He came out. Yes, Eric Venable was had baby. Uh, but I don't, I, I don't know the people that are listening to the podcast, and I never really wanted I, – I, I, and this is more in my head than anyone else's head, and I understand that I never want to give any white folks the space to think that that's okay for them. Oh, listen, it, it makes it hard to argue with you when you bring up the point about the guy from Jeopardy because, again, like you said, and for you, uh, you don't want a career to end before it gets started. Uh, I, I, my shit's been ended and I'm trying to restart it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I know we, you, 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 your points are valid. So it's hard to argue with you. But this, this thing, this badge that we wear called comedy is supposed to come before anything. It, it, it's this oath that we've taken comedically 
is supposed to come before anything. And unfortunately, the battle has become having to put your oath aside and not stick your stick to your ground because it is bullshit. Well, but here's the thing with that, too. And just on the other side of that, uh, I think that they have forced us into a position where we're just not we're not comics like you comic is being a comic is our job and so when we're not on the clock which is at the club we're not we don't get the we don't get that pass anymore so what i'm saying is i am wholeheartedly going to hold my ground inside of our dojo inside of any comedy club i'm going to go back to putting i'm going to put some of those jokes back in that i have taken out Mm. uh because if i'm really truly believe that that is our dojo and that's where we're allowed to go fight the good right. fight, then I need to put that back in there. Well, did I issue you a challenge tonight when you step out on that stage in front of those 400 people and 95, 90% of them are black? I want you to say, welcome niggas to the dojo <laughs> <laughs> and see how many of your students Dude, whoop your ass. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that, but that would be a great name for your uh, for a special. What? what? What I just said? Yeah. Niggas, welcome to my dojo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that has I Richard like Pryor's that. sound all I over it. Fuck it. And I could see, ooh, produced by Leroy Furious. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but it, I, I really do. I, and I understand his point because comedically, yeah, you know, it, it goes on in my head. There's times in here. But if that's the only thing that I can make funny, then I shouldn't be a comic anyway. I think we do other things that are funny. So... It's hard to fight you on this, but I can fight you on this. No, I know you can because you're not wrong because funny's funny. Yeah. And funny's supposed to win. But I'm going to show you a line of dusty uh, bodies. No, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Funny wasn't the the ultimate win. We're trying to apply 70s comedic rules to today's uh, uh, panty liner climate. Panty liner is a good word. All right. Uh, This is from our girl. Deidre Ann Johnson. Malice in the Palace. Uh, <clears throat> I'm watching this uh, and my blood is boiling at these white ass talking heads. Thug was their N-word. Without, uh, what about those thuggish white ass fans? Throwing chairs, bottles, beer. Thank goodness for the fair prosecutor. What happened to that piece of shit John Green? The guy who started it all and got nothing. Typical. Meta World Peace is off, but there is something organic going on with him. Uh, If that teammate hadn't told him it was okay to foul, perhaps it would have been different. Sound design was wicked good. Uh, Yeah, and I believe that if you're hearing this podcast, you heard yesterday's uh, Malice in the Palace, right? Yeah. So, yeah, listen, and I I, I think I asked Andy, I know it, and I'm sure he knows it, but yeah, when they say, and you brought up a good point, Miss Johnson. Uh, thug has always been cold word, wink, wink, air quotes for blacks being associated with being called niggas. Um, but yeah, how come? To, yeah, what about the white people that was wilding out? Well, in the episode, I talk about that that, that guy, right? And and where's what? What are we doing about that? And certain. Uh, arenas that are known right. to have issues. Yes. Um, I think that has to... I don't know if it's changed. I don't know how much it's changed from back then. I do know that... Uh, I, I think they're much I think they're much quicker to eject people than they had been in the past. But when you see fights going on in the stands, still... 
man, I, people need to understand this is a sport and that the guys on the court are friends, even if they're getting, even if they're having issues at the time, yeah. for the most part, they can hang out in a room together. I'm not saying they're all friends, they're buddy, buddy, they go over each other's houses, but I, I, there's a camaraderie amongst uh, athletes in, in, in their sport. Some do hate each other and that's always going to happen, but um, I don't understand how fans think that they're supposed to take that game to that to that kind of hatred and that kind Again, of Again, I, I think it's the, some, the goofiest shit in the world. I'm a fan, too. I'm a, not a fanatic. Uh, I'm a fanatic about Jordan, but even that has limits. Um, I just don't know how, y'all t- how, how people take that shit that seriously, man. It, it, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, they take it seriously because that's how they pay their bills. Yeah, the athletes. Yeah. Yeah. You're paying money so that they can pay their bills, but you're getting in a fight also because you're not winning? I, I don't understand. I, I'm oh, because s- somebody's talking shit, shit about your squad? squad? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, oh, incidentally, uh, again, being here in Chicago, my man always comes out to see us uh, when we're here. Uh, Ex-Bulls, uh, Stacy King. Uh, big shout. He wrote me a nice... Uh, on my Instagram showed me a lot of love um, Stacy King former Chicago Bull motherfucker's a, a linebacker now and then, <laughs> it's a big boy um, but it was funny man uh, last night a second show and I, I, I told Ivan my best friend who's from Chicago who's been on the podcast uh, I was like yo I'm gonna do Rodman because Stacy's here and even though he didn't play with Rodman he was the first yeah. three championships yeah. still you know Chicago Bulls Rodman, whatever. And then I, I, I kind of chickened out. Um, but then on the second show, people were screaming out for me to do certain impressions, and it was dead quiet. And somebody went, Dennis Rodman. And when I did it, they exploded. Yeah, it was great. The place exploded. So I was like, and, and then when me and Ivan were walking out towards the merch table, I heard a guy, we both heard a guy say about five paces back, Yo, that Dennis Rodman was crazy. And my man V tapped me and was like, told you. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. It's great. It's it's a great impression. It really is. I know <sighs> it's because it's difficult to do. I, I was surprised I actually won something in there, man. Uh, you could have gave me a damn lollipop. I didn't care. Uh, the great Phil Jackson, I don't give a damn what's up. Yeah, I, I like it too. It's fun. It's, it's fun when it's new. Yeah. When it's a new one. It's like a new child. You, you know, I love you. You know, and then you get a little older, and you, me and your motherfucker, we have a new one, and then you <laughs> get kicked to the side because we got a new one. I like when you, I like when you keep developing it because then you'll start using them in conversation, not you, right, you, not you know, just the quotes, not yeah, and right. that that's what's fun when you when you start having them talk to each other. Yes, that to me is confusing as fuck when I watch you do that. By the way, when they talk to each other, yeah, when they talk to each other, because that that's almost to me that's almost like a psychotic in a like way. That you, shit. Yeah, yeah, because you right. have different people living in your head that you can do that. <laughs> And that's trippy, man. I'm a I'm a big fan of the Sopranos. I I I met James Gandolfini. I said, I love the Sopranos. You, you guys are really good. I like all the mobster shit is really good. I'm a big fan of you though. I watch you in a fucking couple of games. You're pretty fucking good. The way you're crazy, you jump into the fucking crowd. You're fucking nutcase. I mean, you're still a nigga, but you're a nutcase. I'm like, I love being called a nigga. When I was fucking Madonna, she would go, Oh, I love you, nigga. <laughs> Incidentally, before we get off of it or get off of her, Miss Johnson sent an email to me 
in regards to something that I just watched that I was telling Andy about, and she happened to send it to me without me, you know, knowing that I had seen it. There is a great, great, great Netflix special documentary uh, called Untold about Christy Martin, the coal miner's daughter. You guys remember her? She was the white female boxer that put boxing on the map for women. She was the she was the the, the female version of Mike Tyson. This bitch had hands of stone. Watch this documentary. I'm going to make Andy watch it so we could talk about it. Shit that I did not know. And I mean, not like I knew a whole lot about her. I mean, I remember her rise and her popularity, but. But when you saw the doc, it brought it all together. Oh, dude, what she went through with her manager slash uh, coach. And we always knew Don King was shady. But God, the depths of this nigga shadiness. I mean, it's a great documentary is called untold about christy martin aka the coal miner's daughter wow and not to say that it made me change and now i got a deep love for female boxing but i got a love and respect for her you know and this i think this needs to be said before we even talk about this you could have a deep respect for the person and what they go through and they're to to achieve whatever they achieve that doesn't mean that you have to enjoy the sport overall right and i'm not i'm not demeaning their sport i'm just saying you might not like that type like i i'm I'm appreciating some of the players that i've learned about about the wnba but it doesn't but it doesn't mean i'm gonna go get season tickets to the wnba gotcha okay but check this out y'all because if if andy takes a look at it i'll check it out we're we're gonna talk about it because it's it's great uh, I'm moving, wait. but I'm going to fit it in. Okay. You know how I feel about you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to all the bitch badge holders. Um, speaking of which, might as well hit this since we just finished talking about the football thing. Uh, Hunter Hitch, football jersey guy. The I'll never wear a jersey because it has another man's name on it. Guys, crack me up. These are the same guys that have shoes that say Jordan, pants that say Levi Strauss, boxers that say Calvin Klein, shirt that says Ralph Lauren, and a jacket says Eddie Bauer. I don't know that I that I accept that, uh, Hunter. I think I reject that a little bit. A little bitch. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to say that. I think I reject that a little bit because the difference is those are the brand. Eddie Bauer is the brand. Jordan is the brand. Those names are the brand. You know, well, I'm kind of contradicting myself because the jerseys are the brand of the team. They just happen to have the guy's name on it. But also, okay, just just real quick, and and, and I I understand what he's saying, but the name on the back of the jersey is the name of the person, not the team. You are, you are, that's now you taking your name away from yourself and you giving you the name of whoever you're, idolizing at that moment like you just your allegiance to this person yeah but but i, I can hear people going yes the person but it's also their team I, I and i get that and i i didn't say don't do it i just i don't do it and i'm not gonna i, I think those jerseys i would first listen i said i've done it yeah I, i've i've worn a football jersey even though i'm not a football dude i i said i mainly wear basketball jerseys and if i'm really being honest one name so I've done it. 
I'm just going like, don't be willing to fight another human being over it. You you, you want to come to fisticuffs at a game? Risk being thrown out. You, you're disrupting. People could get hurt. You, you're embarrassing yourself. That's just stupid, though. Uh, let me ask you a question, though, and you can write it this in. If you don't feel that it has any direct correlation on the jersey of the name that you're wearing on the right. back, would you get a WNBA jersey and wear a woman's name on the back of your jersey as a dude? The dudes that do that keep their balls in their wife's purses, and 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 they they want to. They're those kind of husbands where their wife tell them tells them what to do. No real man is wearing a woman's name on his back. I, I'm not. Listen, I'm I'm offering him the opportunity to to oh, okay. to comment on that. So comment on that, and and let me because uh, I'm trying to find out from you if you think there's more. If there's something else attached to it besides just. And not only that, here's the other difference. Who sees the name of Calvin Klein on your drawers? It's hidden. Who sees the name of Levi Strauss on your jeans? And Eddie Bauer, when you wear a jersey with a nigga's name on your back, that's a hell of a billboard. It's so obvious. It's, it's across your back. All those other names are small, hidden. You have to you have you, you have to look for it. It's not a, you, it's it's not a billboard. You don't look like a billboard. Wait, and I got to jump into uh, one more thing. <laughs> See, the other reason with me, and you're gonna say it's because I'm cheap, right? But I would never spend X amount of dollars mm-hmm. for a jersey, an authentic jersey, with a player's name on it to wear it to a game because I'm not. I don't need an authentic jersey because I'm not. You'd wear a cheap one. No, well, I'm not gonna go play in the game. Right. So right. Uh, that's not my area. So right. what I'm saying is, when I, when I was having this conversation about it, I, I mean, if I had an authentic jersey that a player gave me, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would have that framed because that that's something to me. And, and like like when Jalen Rose, when I was back when Jalen Rose was with my manager Norm Nixon, this is when he first came in the league and he was playing with the Denver Nuggets, and I would kick it with Jalen. I said, Jalen, let me get one of your jerseys. And he autographed it. And you've been to my crib. Yeah. I have it in a frame. Yeah. It's up on the wall. Norm Nixon. He gave me his jersey. It's in a frame. It, it's, it's on the wall. That, to me, holds more value than wearing it and going to a game because I'm, you know, goo-goo gaga over the team and the person. I just, <clears throat> I don't go to other people's jobs and wear whatever their uniform is. Right. I, that's that. That's really basically what it comes down to for right. me. And, and then and then put someone else's name like like they might make a mistake and call me into the game. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that with that ZZ top beard. <laughs> this could be a, you know I, I I could be playing an old Harden. I got you. Um, <clears throat> this is from James Brown, Candace Owens rebuttal. Uh, Aries and Andy, I often hear you talk about how you would love to debate Candace Owens, but you would lose. I would recommend studying James Baldwin for tips on how to defeat someone like her in a debate. Excuse me. Um, If you're unfamiliar with James Baldwin, he was an activist, author, and literally literary wordsmith. I have attached the clips of him at the bottom of this email, in the first clip, he describes the appeal of the Nation of Islam and Malcolm X when they were at their most radical. If you listen to his description, you might see a correlation between his description of the NOI 
and the appeal of the other separatist groups such as the Proud Boys, NFAC, Black Lives Matter, and Trump supporters. In the second clip, he predicted the first black president, and in the third clip, he told white America what black America really thinks of them. Please check out the clips and let me know what you think. Um, I will check out the clips. But I know I'm familiar with James Baldwin already. Already, and, and so am I. And that that's a that's a that's a bad motherfucker. Uh, and he didn't stay in America, so that tells you what he really thought about America. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Dave. I think Dave Chappelle was his when he accepted the Mark Twain Award. I want to say in D.C. He made a comment about how James Baldwin would tell white America how he feels about them. So to your point. I've even heard that before, but uh, James James is a is a motherfucker, man. He was a motherfucker. Um, are the clips from? You are not my Negro. Yeah, that's uh, I am next. not your Negro. Negro. Is that the, from the, where the clips are from, or is? Uh, it? No, he said I th- one of them might be or but, from news interviews. Yeah, but three different clips. Okay. But uh, yeah, if you ain't if you ain't hip to it, uh, Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there. I am not your Negro. Uh, uh, James Baldwin's great. I think we both said that we wouldn't beat Candace Owen though. Yeah, no, again, I, that's why I said I know I'm not equipped to handle her uh, like a Eric Dyson or a Cornell West. Um, but I think I could point out some flaws in her thought process. I might be able to do that, too, but I'm not going to be able to do it with the eloquence and, and the articulation skills that keep me at a class level. Um, you know, that's why, again, I thought it was brilliant when Dave Chappelle called her a brilliant idiot because that summed it up to perfection. She's smart, intelligent, articulate. She knows how to present a point. But based on what she's saying in terms of throwing us under the bus and cooning, and as these young kids say, capping for white people, she's a fucking idiot. So brilliant idiot capsulates it to perfection. Yeah, I'm going to let you just have that. Yeah, I'm just um, yeah, yeah, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in on it anymore because, it, uh, I'm, like you said, I'm not we're not gonna win that debate, right? Um, oh, you know what though? Um, you brought up uh, ZZ Top, yep. Because um, you said my beard, Dusty Hill, the bass player for ZZ Top, just recently passed away. So, oh really? Yeah, we we never shout out white people, rest in peace. So I thought I'd do one. Oh, look look at you looking out for your own. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like his I like his style of bass in a blues band, right? Okay. Um, Pat Donovan. I like this one because this one was a little confusing to me at first. Um, Pat Donovan in big, bold letters. Aries, I can't move forward, and it's your fault, and Andy's. Now, this caption threw me because clearly it makes it sound like we've done something to irritate his taint. Uh, But as as I read it, uh, it's to the opposite of that. I even told him, dude, I was a little confused. So what are you saying? What do we do? And he sent me back a rebuttal. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. So here it goes. Um, this is not an email that needs to be read on your podcast, but it needs to be said. My son introduced me to your podcast about nine months ago. I'm a woman of a certain age, and uh, you know that means I'm wicked old, 60-something. After the very first podcast, I was hooked. And I mean really hooked. Listening listen to you guys from my phone through my earbuds, earbuds. Husband can't hear beyond the profanity. 
I keep it playing, and because my son pushed me to, I've started from the beginning. I wanted to start with the most recent and roll back, but my son and you, by the way, discouraged that. My problem is that because you guys are so damn good, I play the episode more than once, and to that end, I am only on episode 100. And let me add, I can't even count the number of times I've listened to episodes 86 and 87. Yo, she says with Y and 100 O's. You two are the best. Just wanted to let you both know that you two are the truth, and I have no damn idea why your following numbers are not triple what they are. My son is also encouraging me to go to one of your shows. New Yorker here. I know what time it is. I could sit way in the back and you find a reason to call me out and I'm not trying to be a part of your set. Keep doing what you do. I've got nothing but big love for the both of you. Wait, my students used to make fun of me still having AOL email. You still have Hotmail. (laughs) Yo. Well, thank you, Pat. And I know even though you said it didn't need to be read on the podcast, uh, it was very well deserving of being read. Um, so I hope you forgive me for that. Um, yes, yeah, sweetie, try to try to move along a little bit quicker because you're 60 and you're about to die. <laughs> no, baby, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's just a joke I say on stage when I deal with older people. Uh, but I'm sure you you're, you're well and robust and everything like that. When we do come to New York, which I can't wait because it seems like we've gone to certain other places at least twice now since opening back up. And I'm wondering when the fuck are we going back to New York and when am I coming to Gotham? Well, we're going to be in West Nyack. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, but that's as close as we are right now. I want the city. Because I don't think Gotham's doing shows yet. I think only Carolines really? is doing shows. Gotham's doing um, showcase shows. I need to speak with the Mazzellis. I got to call the Mazzellis, the two Italian dudes. Chris, we got Aries on the line. Aries is your damn fucking Tony. When the fuck are you going to open back up? You got these fucking guys that want to come perform. I want to invite all my fucking friends. I want to invite Paulie, Sel, Christopher, Bobby, Janice, Uncle June, you know, Carmella, Meno, and AJ. Open the fuck back up. You got a Jew and a nigga here. What are you doing? All right. Uh, West Nyack, though, I think it's in October or the end of September. Okay. Um, Gabatron, 88. Uh, a black man in white face. Obama never had a chance as president. The man came into a broken country in the middle of a war that we weren't supposed to be a part of, a broken economy, and an office full of documents written in crayon thanks to the idiot in chief we had before him. That's funny. Just like you said about Jackie Robinson, he was under a microscope at all time. The only the only thing uh, black about him allowed in the White House was his skin. He had to act, talk, and behave white. The man smoked weed in his youth. You can't tell me he didn't have a ghetto side to him. And look at all the shit he got for wearing the wrong color suit. Since when is the president's clothes a uniform? Another person who had a hard time was Meghan Markle. Look how much she had to go through for marrying into the epitome of inbred colonizers. They ate her up and shitted on her until she ran back to the States. Um, 
no matter what Obama did, Congress and the House were not going to allow him to move a finger unless it was in favor of what the white side wanted. He was basically Black Wizard of Oz with a bunch of white guys behind the curtain. The only reason they even let him in was because well-spoken. He was well-spoken, not well-spoken. Uh, he wasn't too dark and to avoid Hillary's crazy ass from taking a seat in the Oval Office. But Obama was there to open a door and set an example not to run the show. Whites would never permit it. Our current VP has even more strikes against her. One, of color. Two, she's a woman. She could have ran for office in every election for 50 years, had 100% on popularity vote, but she would have never seen the inside of that office without a tour guide. By the way, we need more equal opportunity offenders in this life. Too many people are unsure of what to be offended about. We need more people that will offend anyone about anything in order to normalize sexuality, gender roles, race, etc. If we did that, race, race, race. Race slash sex wouldn't be the first thing on people's minds when situations like that lady thinking the other one was doing drug deals. Maybe talking to your neighbors would help, too, instead of just calling the cops on each other. Yeah, we, we, we pretty much said that a little bit. Yeah. Gabatron. Um, Dude, I, I have a few things that he said that, that, okay. that I'm not too clear on. He, he was there because he was voted in. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And when you talk about speaking, how do you, speaking, what do you write? Speaking eloquently or? Eloquently, yeah. Yeah, you know, he spoke proper. And I don't know. And it, eloquently. And eloquently. But proper is, is what, I, what I was getting to. You want, yeah. your president has to communicate with other Dignitaries. Yeah. And leaders to, and presidents so, and queens and kings and, yeah. So there's only so many what ups you can do. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> uh, uh, what up, Putin? How you doing, bro? Uh, it's good to see. You. Uh, oh, there's that bitch, Queen Elizabeth. What's happening, baby? It's good to see you, baby. I saw you the other day when you were doing your little dance, and uh, you kind of looked like a thought. Uh, yeah. And uh, to the prime minister, my nigga. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, some of those things aren't. They they are they're necessary qualifiers to to hold that position. Right. <clears throat> um, that said, yes, you, and, and I and I think I addressed it a little bit. He he really didn't have a, he was a president who didn't have a running start. He came into uh, possibly uh, an economy that looked like it was headed to depression. Right. So yeah, he he was busy. His first uh, his first at least two years were taking care of just business. You know, I, I I was trying to write the ship, and I know a lot of niggas uh, was upset with me because I, I I didn't tend to them immediately. I, it took me a minute, uh, and I and I heard your your concerns and your fears, but I was very busy trying to get the country back on track. So I apologize, but I'm gonna make it up to you uh, this Christmas. New Jordans for everybody, <laughs> and to the black queens out there, a uh, bonnets. Are gonna be in your sack. So Snickers and bonnets. I'm gonna take care of you niggas and you niggas. Geronimo. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from the nigga I hate, uh, Rashad Simmons. Dude, you shouldn't hate him. He's providing a, a valuable interjection 
of uh, of an of the opposite side of, of some of the things. What, what do they call that? The, the thing that the boxers, the boxers, when they go when they rotate their fists and they hit that little bag. You're a boxing guy, I don't know. I, it's not a punching bag, but whatever they call it, the speed oh, bag. Speed bag, speed bag. I picture his face on the speed bag, and I'm just. Um, his, his, he's, it's short and sweet, but ugly. He goes, Rashad Simmons, to what end, bitch, to what end, bitch Barack had to play the game? To what end, win what, and didn't accomplish shit? Tangible. Because of you, I stopped speaking bad on Barack publicly, though. So there's that. Dude, did you really not pay attention? First of all, I don't even believe you saw the documentary. Because here's my assessment. If you really saw that three-part documentary and you really, really paid attention to it, and for you, if that's your rebuttal, then you either are fucking stupid and wasn't able to comprehend what was obviously laid out to your face and what you heard or should have heard in your ears, or you didn't watch it and thus your ignorance. It, again, you can Google his accomplishments. And one of which, and I'm not, I'm going to hold back, but I know one of his accomplishments was he put a certain amount, a certain number of women of color in powerful positions. And it hadn't been done prior to him to the extent that he did it. And then again, on the, on the documentary, when he signed in the, 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 am I my brother's keeper initiative? And again, did black people not benefit from healthcare? Did black people not benefit from saving the auto industry? Did, did black people not benefit family members who needed closure, who were grieving behind lost ones on 9-11 when he took out Osama? Black people benefited from every accomplishment as much as white people. And again, McCullough, McConnell, from jump, we're not going to let that nigga succeed in nothing. What is it you're not understanding about this, Rashad? He says, though, in there, he said, because of you, he's not speaking that same way. But the bigger point to me is he's still not acknowledging what Obama, A, had to go through, and B, what he did accomplish. Maybe he just thinks that he would have done it differently. Who would have done it differently? Rashad. I would hope that Rashad would not be our president. All I'm saying is Here's this, real he quick. was looking for something different. Here's his second part, short and sweet. And he's mad at me because McCullough, it's McConnell wasn't in power the first two years of Barry's time in, in office. Also, screaming doesn't make your point, but you're a comedian, and it makes us laugh. Uh, well, you know, um, sometimes screaming is not to make your point. It's to scare the shit out you. And often, my dad had to, he didn't have to go to the belt because when he gave enough err in his projection, my ass moved. So I'm hoping... That I, if I scream at you, you'll get your ass up and do what you're supposed to do, Rashad, before I take my strap off, nigga. All right. Um, still, though, no black policies or legislation. Also, you didn't pronounce Tanishi Coates correctly. But, oh, yeah, you're a political scholar, LOL. Do you see why I hate this nigga? You didn't ever call him to be a political anything. No. I'm not. That's not what I am. But you're you're given the. I think what you do best, not only comedically, but you give the normal man's position. Yes. 
you're an everyday, you, you, when you look at this, you look at it from the everyday man's point of view, which I think is important. And speaking of Tanishi Coates, since you so badly want to defend his honor via his name, Tanishi Coates told, this is why I know you didn't watch it. Tanishi Coates said symbolism is important. To which, that was one of my fights with people on social media. Black people going, man, his victory wasn't nothing but cultural symbolism. So what? Tanishi Coates said it's important. That's why I know you didn't do your homework, nigga, which is why I have to yell at you. <sighs> Spent a lot of time on this. Yeah, I'm, Incom- uh, you know, you know, you know what? One, when since you said symbolism, I'm just going to tell yeah. you one of the great accomplishments that in uh, multiple generations from now. Yes, if there's not another black man elected as president, we got it in the books. It's, it's cemented. You're going to walk down and you're going to look at all the paintings of the president, and he's there. He's there. It's historical. It's in cement. It's a legacy. It's part of our legacy. Word, cultural symbolism. Cultural symbolism and legacy. Those three words are powerful. Cultural symbolism and legacy. Oh, boy. Because there's, I don't want to put a lot on somebody, but there might be, there might be a black child right now that could fix a large percentage of what's happening here. And years ago, he might not have felt that he had an opportunity to succeed in politics and become a president. And maybe that black child may become, by the time he's able to, the third black president. And now the baton has been moved further in the race. And now he can do what Obama couldn't, because like Jackie Robinson, who was the first, you got to take the L's. You can't be the first and not take L's. You got to take the L's. And Obama took the L's. And there will be more niggas that come after him to take the L's. But eventually, we'll have a black president who don't take no L's. He's going he's gonna to be able to do any and everything he wants to perfection. And his name will probably be Leroy Furious. Now, the day we get a nigga president named Leroy, we have truly arrived. All right. L Realist. LOL. What's going on, my dudes? Your boy Obi putting in my fourth entry. I don't listen to as many podcasts as some of my peers, I'm assuming, but this shit fire. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. I'm telling you, only when I do this shit, man. You didn't even eat? No. This is two weeks worth of shit coming up. Uh, the last at least 10 episodes have had me weak. Keep up the good work, both of you. I'm late to the party as usual, but I finally watched the Patrice O'Neill documentary. Killing is easy. Man, the first five minutes, I'm starting to tear up. Like, what the fuck? As you said previously, it could have been fleshed out more, but it had some moments that really hit hard. Rest in peace to the great. Besides you guys, I listened to him on ONA pretty much every night at work and been binging his appearances in order. I also set up an Instagram to follow my battle rap shit. But I also gave you guys a follow as well. Aries, you are nuts. LOL. Some of your uploads are interesting to say, are, are interesting to say. The comments even more so. I'm sure you've seen it, but Comedy Hype ripped one of them where you were talking about vaccinations and put it on YouTube. 
and the torches are lit. I, as I, as I'm sure many others don't mind your commentary, but you might need to chill on certain topics. If you have the ability to have hundreds, if not thousands of people debating about basketball, you could really be pushing another maybe more noteworthy conversation forward. I don't see why that's not noteworthy, but let me read on. But hey, I respect the menu. A lot has happened since my last email, so I'll try to get to the points. I know you caught that versus between the locks and the diplomats. Shit had me in feelings, can't lie. I'm from the South, but Jada has always been one of my favorite rappers. But Dipset is also one of my favorite groups. They let the locks kill them. That could have went a lot better on their end, but D-Block played no games. I caught you guys on Robert Kelly's podcast. Great episode. I'm always down to hear some commentary from Patrice's friends. Speaking of which, I seen the Rich Voss roast for the first time a couple weeks ago, and it was a lot better than I expected. Joke-wise, it was up there with a Comedy Central roast. I'll be looking out for your appearance appearance on Earthquakes, and remember to push your YouTube channels. It pisses me off seeing you have all these people talking about random shit on Instagram, but none of your uploads break 1K views. Peace out. I uh, appreciate that, um, El Realist. Um, you know, dude, again, I, I don't, I, you know, we still got kinks we working out. You know, like I said, we we, we just signed with this podcast company called 800 Pound Gorilla. We're going to really... That's lo- the record company. Yeah. That's it's Laugh Button. Laugh Button. But yeah, yeah we're going to launch on September 8th. Um, so we still, you know, we still, we still chugging along, brother. Uh, but just thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for your patience. Um, and just keep fighting a good fight with us. And again, thank you for mentioning that because now that brings me up to where I got to say, again, any new listeners, start from episode one and go in order. Binge if you have to. Uh, but it really matters in terms of context and comedy. Uh, also, any questions, concerns, comments, email me, Spears 45 at Hotmail. And yeah, that lock shit was fire. I know a lot of people wanted me to discuss that, um, and we kind of didn't. Um, and I know Andy's a rap head, too, but I don't know if you were that deep into it. I, didn't, I haven't been watching any of this. Yeah, but I've yeah. been busy. Yeah, I know, the house. Yeah. Uh, but Jada, Jada, Jada definitely was fire. Um, and yeah, man, I, 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 uh, I don't know why talking about the vaccine or not talking about it, you wouldn't feel as noteworthy. That's, that's literally the hot button issue right now. Well, I think he's saying that is noteworthy. I think he's, I, I thought he meant you were taking too much time with basketball stuff and pushed oh, okay, the noteworthy stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Um, see, and, and you know how he just said that though about, how comedy hype pulled that and, right. pull, and, and, and you know, threw, threw you out there like that. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine from our first email if I actually said the N-word on this podcast with you what they would drag us through? Think about that for a second. They wouldn't do it as funny. Right. They wouldn't. I hear you. And then they would do it all. They would come at you, too, for letting me do that. Let that white boy say nigga like that next to him. No, I hear you. Yeah. But but in my mind, I'm always comedy badge first. I know. So my inclination is to go, fuck you. It's comedy. But I know what you're saying. It's a valid But I, I'm glad he brought that up on this podcast so that I could I could throw, attach that to that, too, because I didn't even think about that until he said that. Well, this is just our boy letting us know he still exists. Sergio Sosa. <laughs> I'm coming to see you on the Sunday show at the Chicago Improv. I'm glad, brother. You hadn't written in since forever, so I thought maybe they got to you. Uh, but clearly, you're still here, so look forward to you, bro. 
Definitely come up and say hi. So, oh, you're not. We're not. He's not going to hear this when he's in town. Before he's in town. Okay. Well, fuck it. Let's make yeah. it so that uh, glad you came up and said hi, <laughs> Sergio Sosa. I like you, Tony. There's no lying in you, Tony. Don't you ever try to fuck me, you fucking little monkey. Hey, take it easy when you talk to me. All right. Um, <sighs> Joe Thoroughgood. Bow. Um, podcast email. Hello, Aries and Andy. My name is Joe Thoroughgood. I'm from Totten, England. Oh, Totten, England. Cheerio. Uh, Gabna, isn't it? Um, how do you feel about gangs of London? Um, anyway, me personally, no, I'm talking to oh. uh, Joel Thurgood. Oh, oh, okay, he's from England. Oh, fault. Uh, I'm a loyal listener to the podcast, and I have listened to the podcast daily whilst working 10 hour shifts. I'm currently on episode 256 of the podcast. Andy and yourself have got me through draining weeks of boredom at work. So I thank you both for keeping me amused and in high spirits while listening to your podcast. I must say I agree with Aries pretty much 100% of the time. All lot, this bloke. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> he makes a lot of sense to me. Everything he said is pretty well said, isn't it? No, I can't wait till he says something you disagree with now. Oh, God. He's not going to do that. He'd be a blimey chap. <laughs> All like this fucker. Um, I also agree with a lot of stuff. And he says. Oh, now he's getting better. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but if I'm ever at a crossroads, my natural reaction is to take a right turn down Aries Boulevard. You know, this score makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I don't really know you, bloke, but I've got to say, you make a lot of sense. God. I look at the first page and I look at the last page. And my name is on both pages. I did a bloody picture. All right. I have learned so much through your podcast, and I have been well and truly educated on matters such as race. It's very important to everyone on this planet to truly understand black history and educate themselves to get a better understanding. And most importantly, I wonder if he's white. You think he's white? It sounds, it, it, I mean, it's very important Thorough to understand. Good. That's Well, it's very important to understand black history. I would think that, I don't, if you're black, you probably have the history. Right. So I'm going to go white. All right. Um, black history and educate themselves to get a better understanding and most importantly to try and end racism I have enclosed the video I sent you sent to you on Instagram that you had asked me to email in down below it's got to be one of the most surreal and humorous videos I've seen in quite a while anyway keep doing what you're doing I hope to see you both live in the flesh one day at a comedy show until then peace out P.S. Don't, ev- don't even think about giving me a $10 $10 a lot of money. I would never, Joe. Because first of all, you complimented me. You understand that you're white, but you have to understand racism. And if you have to choose between me and Andy, you're going down Aries Boulevard. Just the fact that you said going down Aries Boulevard just sounds weird. Why? It doesn't sound... Uh, it sounds... You hate nigga. <laughs> Think hating. All right. Um... This is very nice. You know, um, I don't want to get on this because this is the the, mm-hmm. the podcast. This is the email episode. Mm-hmm. 
But when you we're getting what we do here, and we talk about racism, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's America. Did, did you watch any of the Olympics? Nah, yo. You didn't see. Listen, the greatness of the black athlete, athlete. The black that okay. <laughs> it's a, sorry. First of all, let me tell you, so the athlete. Go ahead, Charles Barkley. Athlete uh, was displayed by every country. By every country. You mean a black person in every? Everybody winning. Told you, man, niggas, we the shit, baby. Now, the only thing that I will bring up is on the uh, high jump. Oh, uh, some how of, we, we we came short. Some of that booty on the wall. All of all of that, <laughs> nigga. Let me tell you something. That high jump, niggas don't jump the way they used to. Niggas would jump high in the past because we were scared. We were scared of that white man. We wanted that check. Now niggas are eating comfortably. That black ass and that big dick is keeping us grounded. Niggas can't jump as high. It's hard to jump that high. That high when you've got a a warship anchor holding you down. That all that horse ass, all that stallion thoroughbred ass, niggas don't jump like they used to. I would think white people would jump out of the stadium with that record player cover ass. What was funny is the high jump, the women yes. in the high jump. I'm just speaking women, maybe only like the black women only had like a two inch booty, right? Which not your style at all. I understand that, right. but the white women had nobody. And that gave him a two-inch advantage. Hey, man. Buttocks. <laughs> I don't want to slap the thing. I don't want that to fall. fall. Buttocks versus... Buttocks. Yeah. Versus, I like the... Booty. <laughs> and you would think that would help one to jump, the vibration. <laughs> Booty. It probably bounces. It, it bounces that, that pole off. Yeah, man. But, no, I, I, I'm really serious. When I was watching that and... Because of our podcast and the way I, I think and have to, you know, because of this makes me think more and view more. But if you go and look at the Olympic winners, not even just the winners, go look at the, uh, the Olympic Games mm-hmm. represented in every country. Mm. Niggas is the shit. You got, I, we, I would like to talk about that more in the podcast, though, the, on, a, on a different episode. All right. Who? Darnell Lawson. Chicago Friday Night Show. Hi, Aries and Andy. My name is Darnell, and I'm from Chicago. I recently attended your Friday Night Show in Chicago, and I must say you guys killed that show. Andy, as the opener, I must say, I think on the podcast, I think you're a little corny. But in person and on stage, man, did you surprise me. (laughs) I love it, boy. You be taking these hits sometimes, man. But then they love you too. I told you that's that's why I said and and I remember when I said this before what I forgot to add and maybe this time I'll paint the picture again but this was the little thing that I forgot to add. I told you in the beginning people abuse Andy but then they he, he comes around and just folks picture this clear your minds take a deep breath just clear your minds. Okay. It's a summer day and it's the Olympics. And it's Andy running. He's leading the pack. And there's eight niggas behind him. He's beating the black people. And at the end of the finish line near the ticket tape is all the podcast listeners. And they're cheering him on in slow motion. Come on, Andy. You can win. 
you can beat the niggers. And next to us is just a table of McDonald's, just Happy Meals and balloons. That's his prize. But as he's running, you hear that famous thing from Chariots of Fire. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. As a matter of fact, this is where our producer Steve comes in. Steve, I'm going to count it in. I want you to play that. But while you're playing it, I'm going to be the people cheering Andy on (laughs) as it plays in the background. So, folks, we present to you now Andy's Chariots of Fire in three, two, one. Come on, Andy. You can win. Do it, Andy. Beat the niggers. Go, Andy, go. Woo! Let's go, Jew boy. Coming out of that, Steve, in three, two, one. That's how we feel about you. And once you cross the ticket tape (laughs) and your beard breaks the tape before your body does, and then we just cut to you with a McDonald's cheeseburger in one hand and a McFlurry in the other, and you got on Mickey Mouse ears and with balloons in your background. Last one. That was it. That was all he wrote. That was all. Oh, oh, shit. I was gonna say. I was I just. Got so, I got so caught up in the moment. <laughs> I was like, let's end it there. Okay. Um, uh, but in person and on stage, man, did you surprise me? The joke about your son Max having a big, and I don't know why I didn't write dick, but I guess he big dick. Had me and my lady laughing and hitting the table. Next, Aries, you really showed what thirty-one years of doing comedy looks like. Your crowd work is crazy. How you put the interpreter, the young 29 couple, uh, the 60-year-old couple, the two Ali's all in one joke had me laughing nonstop. I can really go on and on about the show, but I'll leave it there. Thank you, Andy, for the shirts and the fist bump. And Aries, thank you for the picture. Stay safe and God bless. Well, thank you, Darnell Lawson. Dude, you have re- I'm telling you, though, these shows, mm-hmm. you, really put it, you really put it to them. You really did. I'm a bad man. <laughs> I'm in the back and I I'm the greatest. <laughs> I shook up the world. I'm a bad man. You must listen to me. I'm thinking I'm having a decent set. Decent, you know, not great, but decent. <clears throat> and then you come out there and then you go, you just it's just this this momentum of your set. And then you're like twenty minutes in and it's just it's it's increasing and then I don't know what the fuck's going. Then I'm like, I fucking suck. I told you, man. I I I I I liken everything to Mike Tyson in his prime. I'm coming out with bad intentions. I want to hit you with an eight piece combination to the gut, knock your mouthpiece into the bitch's nachos in the second row. Uh, take your head off. I'm trying to decapitate the crowd, nigga. You know, I I I, I you know. I don't know how we do this together because my style is so opposite. Like I don't even care if I get a laugh in the first five minutes. No, no, but you, 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 you got a very 
seductive. They don't see it coming. You've put the the, <laughs> the pill in the drink, the prelude to the drink, and before you know it, they fall asleep awake with the clothes on. But when they wake up, they got nothing on but one sock. <laughs> I'm Cosby them, and you Cosby them, man. <laughs> and the asshole is a little leaky, a little juicy, with one sock. <laughs> Dude, it, it it was. This is a great example, though, how I feel because uh, you have been murdering, and, and and you murdered in in Buffalo when we were there last week. Man. You you fucking tore that room up. But I had good shows as well that I was like, oh, those are really good shows. Right. Oh, I'm holding my. Not that I, I felt like I was even close, but like I was holding my own. Right. And in Chicago, I'm like, I'm having good shows. They're good, but right. I, but then after you're done, it wasn't like I even held my own. I was like, he just. Murdered, like straight up killed the motherfucker. Listen, he, he said it. Darnell said it. Thirty years. Yeah, nigga. yeah, yeah. I got the black belt. Nigga. I'm, I'm the, the dojo. I'm, I'm the master. I'm your shidoshi. <laughs> Anybody see Richie? Anybody see Richie? Um, let me read this last one. Um, I'm gonna make this read because this one is short. Uh, we got to get ready. To yeah, shake. Uh, Gervais Weeks, Luke Longley, Mini Doc. What up, ANA? I enjoyed watching all the last dance episodes as they dropped so much that at the end of them, I didn't even realize there was no mention of Luke Longley. Incidentally, let me stop. There was no mention of Dickie Simpkins. There was no mention of Jason Caffey. There was no mention of Mike uh, Randy Brown. A couple niggas got left out. So it wasn't just Luke, but Luke was a starter and a yeah, center. He was. All right. Um, a mini doc of Luke's history and career was recently released to make up for it, and I was curious to see if either of you have seen it and your thoughts about it on MJ. Are you asking me, <laughs> Ari Spears, if I have seen anything on Michael Jordan? <laughs> Nigga, I saw it before Michael recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it that soon, but I also yeah. saw it too. Um, MJ even gave a full 30-minute interview for the doc, which goes to show the amount of respect he had for him. I thought it was pretty insightful. Look at one of the less notable players of the dynasty. Keep up the great content, G. You know, I, I got to say this, though. No one, look, if you are perceived as an asshole, that's one thing. But no one wants to be an old asshole. Um, and I'm not saying MJ's an asshole, but based on what some of the perception was, I sense that Michael, like most people, the older you get, the more humble you become, the more gracious, the more nice. Um, not that he has to, because he's got enough money and his stature so solidified as who he is, iconic greatness. He doesn't need to do it but if he's a nice human being you don't want to go to your grave a miserable old asshole and listen would there ever be a time when michael jordan is 100 percent completely irrelevant i don't think that's possible when you're that iconic no but the older you get your star is not does not shine as bright to the point where there will come a time when the young generation may not give two fucks about Michael. And the way these, some of these young kids be on that LeBron shit, I'm thinking they're there now. But, um, you know, Mike might be giving a shit a little bit 
about how he's perceived. And I don't know, and that would be a great question to ask because one would assume he don't give a shit, but I think this felt more like an attempt to me for Michael to be nice. And he wanted to take the opportunity to be nice. Not saying he didn't mean what he said about Luke. You know, he's when he was like, yo, I'll take him as my teammate any day of the week, 10 times again. I'm not saying he didn't mean it, but I don't know. It, it felt like he's, he's, you know, to me. Well, I, I think that it, I think it was kind of a mistake that he was left off, to be honest. Do you and, think he should definitely been on? Yeah. One of the reasons is because the, they, when they traded to get Bill Cartwright in the first, in the first, uh, three championships mm-hmm. it was necessary they needed a center they needed that interior toughness to mm-hmm. win to win the championship and then it's like it's never talked about again right and then now you have luke and the thing about him he was young he could run the floor he played he played he the could game. pass played, he could pass played could a, shoot played a great game that benefited right uh jordan at the, especially at that time in his career now he's he's right. not the same exact guy so I thought it was necessary. I do believe what he said was true. I think when you get older, you do look back at things, and you know what your mindset was at the time, and you wouldn't change it. And right. I don't think Jordan would change any of the things that he did at that time. But when you watch the documentary, and he goes, and you like to do that quote, too, he goes, if you don't like the way I put the game. Hey, I, I don't have to do this. And I'm only doing it because it's part of who I am. Uh how I play the game. You don't play that way, they don't play that way. And break. break. Now he has yeah. tears in his eyes because yeah. I think he realizes, you know, that's what that cost him. Right. As far as his his humanity, his soul. Right. And, and to his other players, when he hears the people that he was around, he knew that he, he but that was what he did. He took them to the edge to make them better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's come along, and I think Luke would have been a good person to have at least a small a small amount of him in more into the. Uh, into the documentary. What I would like to know is how much documentary is still on the floor. Ooh. And could they come out every year and release another hour for a certain amount of time? <sighs> like side notes. I would love it. Uh, that That's what I would like to know because I, I think that there's a lot there because of the people that you did mention that, that weren't really on there. Uh, and there's a lot of guys that really didn't get a lot of credit. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, Randy Brown, Jason Caffey, and Dickie Simpkins. And even, you know who I, I would have loved to hear from? But those guys weren't starters. No. Luke was a starter. But what's my man's name? Bison Daly. Oh, that was. Uh, I would have loved Brian Williams. Was yeah, Brian Williams. I would love. What the fuck happened to him? He died. And he killed himself. Well, no, his brother killed him. Okay. But I would think. That's a little bit of an angle. Yeah, that would have that, made a great just, angle. That's just, that's just a sad story. Um, Robert Parrish. Yeah. John Sally. James Edwards. There's a lot, and James Edwards coming up. I mean, that's another storyline. X Piston. Uh, yeah, exactly, because that's the Rodman story too. Right. The, the, but hit, man, Jack Haley, who seemed like nobody but Robin's cheerleader. Well, he played. Didn't he go to L.A. with him though too? Yeah, yeah, that's why I think he was Rodman's cheerleader. He had that was his that was the guy I think that was the the buffer for Rodman, right? No matter where he went, Ooh, uh, a buffer for Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> you got <laughs> semen all over you. 
you know, a lot of times, you know, we would we would be in our city, especially with the Vegas. Like we would go to Vegas, and Jack would just be in the in the shadows. And next thing I know, I just I semen everywhere, and Jack would take the hits. You know, if the girl said, "Don't, don't come on my face, don't come on my tits," I would go, "I'm, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come," and and Haley would pop out of nowhere, just get covered with my semen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it man that's that oh, no, 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 no come no, on no no hold up but i, I want to go back to the jordan thing okay. so when you say that at some point when people perceive you as an asshole then you want to clean up because you know you get older and that affects you but you're willing to sell your soul for your craft even if it means you're perceived an asshole so you know i don't really have to do this and I'm only doing this because it's who I am. Uh, but I would joke that way. If you don't want to joke that way, then don't tell the jokes. And that's how I get pussy. <laughs> All right. There's a be- there's a better line to that though. What? There is. What? what? Say it again. Uh, I'm only doing this because yeah. uh, it's who I am. So that's how I joke. If you don't want to joke, so if you don't want to say it, oh, say say. Nigga? Yeah. So if you don't say nigga, then don't say nigga. That's how I get pussy. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yes, I see what you meant now. All right. Fuck. All right. Uh, (laughs) Where are we next week? Uh, Is it Tommy T's? Yeah, it's Tommy T's in Pleasanton. Yeah, Tommy T's in Pleasanton. And then uh, the beginning of the month will be at Raleigh. North Uh, Carolina. I think my man Timmy Doyle who I play Call of Duty with, may make it out to that show. I thought you were going to do the whole Jordan intro from Raleigh. North from Carolina. North Carolina. Oh, man, no, I missed the ball on that. Yeah. Yo, what, you passing the mic to me? Well, let me introduce you to Lil Woofy Woof, the dopest artist in the game right now. He can storytell and all that. Got that G-Funk boom bap in his blood. You can find this cat at uh, YouTube uh, backslash JWXZ2CXNRTA. That's YouTube backslash JWXZ2CXNRTA. Or you can catch him at, at Lil Woofy Woof. That's at L I L W O O F Y W O O F 93. Check him out. Suicide mission, I was chilling in the bucket, counting ducats while I'm fishing. Through the east side, LBCPCH with the tape in my deck, bumping, worrying, and they keep myself ringing like crazy. I'm trying to see what up, I discovered the fence, trying to scope in the cut. Hmm. 
had nothing on on my lap So perhaps should I go out like a jeep Girl, to take it and make my steps Anyway, nigga, off to the park I go Pick it up one of them hoes Shelling curbside off the window And oh, I used to think I was the one with no ends But now I'm cracking 40s in a Porsche with friends Try to run up and get broke I'm no joke like Rakim, fuck a hood red I only want chicken heads and hens I'm sleeping with my eyes open I'm never slipping Now I'm surfing shit like my name was Charles Dickens That's how I get pussy. <laughs> <laughs>